Welcome, everyone. You are listening to Truth in Christ Radio, the Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. See, God knew Abraham's faith. Three days prior to that, as they were making their trip up to Mount Moriah there, it was already determined in Abraham's heart, my son is dead. God told him to do it. He says, I'm going to do it. And what's more surprising to me, and forgive me for sounding like a broken record, but I've said this before, but I'm so amazed. Abraham knew that the nations all around them the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, the Hittites, the Gergesites, the Jebusites, all of them sacrificed their children. And now God is asking me to do the same. Is your faith strong enough to answer any request from God? Welcome, everyone, to today's Bible lesson on Truth in Christ Radio. Pastor Rob finalizes Chapter 2 in the book of James by analyzing how actions support the faith that God has given us toward Him. We've learned that God knows the measure of faith He has given us and how He tests and strengthens that faith by allowing trials in our life. Each time we act within the Lord's will in those trials, our faith becomes stronger in Jesus Christ. Pastor Rob challenges us today to analyze our own faith. Are we prepared to take on any request from God and be obedient to Him, no matter what, as Abraham did? Here's Pastor Rob with today's message. Not already in legalism, just always looking at other people. You're not measuring up to what I'm doing. And it's a horrible thing when we start to look at each other and we start to fight against one another and we start to get critical toward one another. Jesus grieves when we do that because we're not doing it for him anymore. We're just doing it to make ourselves look good. And there's only one who really looks good. That's Jesus. He's beautiful. He says, verse 19, You believe that there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe, and they tremble. So here it is, in Mark chapter 1, verse 21 through 24, it says this. It says, When Jesus went to Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath, he entered the synagogue and taught. And they were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Now there was a man in their synagogue with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, notice this, very important, saying, let us alone. This demon inside this man speaks to Jesus, the Son of God, who's standing before him. Let us alone. What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. See, there's a big difference between uh, a demonic faith is some the demons even know they know they know very well who he is they know he's the he's the creator he's the son of god and that they have to be submitted to him there are many passages in the bible and we won't go through them but he has complete command over all of his creation even the demons know that but the difference is is that they deny him and they are disobedient and they are rebellious against the truth of who he is see if your faith is dead god can work with you 
You know, it's like Jesus said, if you're lukewarm or if you're hot or you're cold, he can deal with a believer who's cold. He can get you hot again. But if you're lukewarm, that's a real tough pill because you're neither hot nor cold. How do you deal with someone like that? It's very difficult. A person who has dead faith has hope. God can give you that faith. But a demonic hope is even worse because they believe and yet they still reject. And that is the danger. And then finally we get to verses 20 through 26 where we talk about a saving faith. This is the kind of faith that we have if you're a believer in Christ. If you're a believer, only you can have saving faith. There are many people who can quote the Bible They can even come to this church, and I've known there's a a, a gentleman on my mind right now who used to fellowship with us, and he he, he, he talked the talk, and he knew the scripture, showed up at all the events, and it wasn't long. He was here for a couple years. We all thought he was a believer, and only God knows, honestly. But he went off and got entangled in some kind of cult. And now he's, 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 just, he's, he's totally consumed in it. It's consumed his mind. And that's scary, isn't it? That's scary. But verse 20, it says, But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac, his son, on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works, and by works, faith was made perfect? And the idea being is that as a result of Abraham's faith, he operated in the natural. He went out and he rose that knife over his son's chest and was ready to plunge it into his chest. See, God knew Abraham's faith. Three days prior to that, as they were making their trip up to Mount Moriah there, it was already determined In Abraham's heart, my son is dead. God told him to do it. He says, I'm going to do it. And what's more surprising to me, and forgive me for sounding like a broken record, but I've said this before, but I'm so amazed. Abraham knew that the nations all around them, the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, the Hittites, the Gergesites, the Jebusites, all of them sacrificed their children. And now God is asking me to do the same? Abraham had to have some relationship with the Lord. He had to believe God. That, number one, he knew the the, the voice of God. That blows me away more than anything, is that he knew the voice of God and he could act upon it, knowing very well that that what God was asking him to do was exactly opposite. Many of us wouldn't go through that. I I, I don't know that I could do that. But he knew God's voice. And God had been guiding them from the Ur of the Chaldees all the way to where he was. And he's like, you know what? I know that voice. And if he's going to have me kill my son, in whom all the promises are in him and his descendants, then he must raise him from the dead. And that's where God says, ah, now I'm somewhere. That kind of faith, that he's the father of faith. That kind of faith changes the world. (laughs) I love that. In Genesis chapter 22 we already um, intimated uh, 22 verses 1 through 18. But in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 17, it says this, By faith Abraham, when he was tested, he offered up Isaac. And he who had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, and of whom it was said, In Isaac your seed shall be called. So we knew he had to raise him from the dead. Lord, if you're going to call me to do this, this is going to kill me. <laughs> 
to do this. I, I, I can't imagine that I'm, gonna go, I'm following through with this. But he, he had the relationship. God had given him the faith. And now he was going to follow through with it. He says, he says he concluded that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from which he also received him in a figurative sense. He knew there was more going on here than just his son and him being tested by his faith. He knew that there was ultimately another father, God the Father, who one day on that very same mountain range, on that very same spot, would offer his only son as a sacrifice. Except this time, the knife would not be withheld. The spikes would go through the hands, the spikes would go through the feet, the spear would go into the side, and he would die on the cross for you and I. Abraham received him in a picture. In fact, he named the place Jehovah-Jireh. In the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. What shall be seen? The sacrifice of a great, wonderful father who loves his son. And from the very beginning of the earth, the foundation of the earth, it was already planned this salvation, rescue mission. It says in Revelation that he was slain before the foundation of the earth. It was already planned before that this would happen. And faith that doesn't result in actions is on shaky ground. And we ought to question the validity of our faith based upon whether it produces action in our lives for the glory of God. And we are to bear good fruit. In John chapter 15 Uh, I'm just going to get right to verse 5 because we're running low on time. Jesus said in verse 5, I am the vine and you are the branches. And he who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. And if if anyone does not abide in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. But if you abide in me, there is the key. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified. Here it is that you bear much fruit. So you will be my disciples. Again, that work that God does in you, if you abide in him, if you have faith in him like Mary did, that will produce something. It must produce something. And it's God's desire is to produce fruit in your life. Are you not allowing God to do that in your life today? It's a hard question to ask. But you know, do you find your relationship with God dry and, and stale and even stagnant? You know, I've used that phrase of the Dead Sea. You know, the Dead Sea, if you look at uh, the Sea of Galilee up in the northern part of Israel, it has tributaries from the Jordan coming into it. The Galilee receives those waters. It's fresh water. It's beautiful. I've swam and been baptized in that, in that lake, and it's a wonderful place. And then from down underneath that... It receives from above and then gives out underneath. And it goes all the way down the Jordan River Valley, and it it gives all those farmlands in that valley water. But then it gets to the Dead Sea, and there's no outlet. And the water stays, and it just gets stagnant. gets putrid. Actually, it's so clean down there. The water is so salty, 33% salt, not a living thing in the Dead Sea hence the name. And see, we can be like that too. That's why we need to let the Lord do the work. By faith, we let him do the work in and through us, right? First to make us willing and then to do of his good pleasure. So, let your works be motivated by love and that love is demonstrated, it's seen. In John chapter 13, Jesus said this, he says, by this, 
He says, um, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Then in verse 23, here back in James chapter 2, he says, And the scripture was fulfilled, which says, Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. It was accounted to him for righteousness. Now, we are not going to go to Genesis chapter 15 for the sake of time, but I would encourage you to go there because I'll just summarize God told Abram, he says, Abraham, I'm going to give you a son. And Abraham is like, all I've got is this Eliezer from Damascus. He's the heir in my house. And God's saying, you know, no, I know you're an old man, but I've got a plan for you and your your wife, Sarah. I'm going to give you a son, and your son will inherit those promises of this land, all the land that you're looking at, Abraham. I'm going to give you that land, and your descendants are going to be like the sand of the sea. He took them outside, and he says, look at the stars if you can count them. He goes, all of these stars that you see, and even the ones you can't see, that are way beyond your eyesight, so will your descendants be. And Abraham believed God that day, and he says, and he accounted it to him for righteousness. So verse 24, back in Galatians, I'm sorry, back in James, Verse 24, he says, So you see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. Likewise, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers or sent them out another way? And we know that that happened in Joshua chapter 2. Joshua chapter 2, we see Rahab, this this woman on the wall who lived on the wall there in, in Jericho. She had heard all about the children of Israel, what God had done. And it changed this woman's heart. Changed this woman's heart. We're going to see Rahab in heaven, who the Bible says she was a harlot. She was a prostitute at one point in her life. And Rahab is in the genealogy of Jesus. What grace. Amen? She was a Gentile. And we see Ruth, another Gentile, in the genealogy of Jesus. What grace. But she believed the promises. She believed the things that she had heard. And she said, I know that you guys are from you know, who you are and what you're all about. And I believe that God has given you this land. And, and she made a covenant with the two spies. And she put that scarlet cord out the door, out the window. And they told them, they said, listen, as long as your family's inside this house, you'll be safe. But we can't make any guarantees for anybody outside your house because we're going to wipe out everything. Because God had told them to do it. Verse 26, he says, For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. In Matthew chapter 9, I want to share something with you, verse 1 through 8. It says, So he got into a boat, Jesus, and he crossed over, and he came to his own city. And then, behold, they brought to him a man, a paralytic, lying on a bed. And when Jesus saw their faith, notice, he saw their faith, He said to the paralytic, Son, be of good cheer. Your sins are forgiven you. And at once some of the scribes said within themselves, This man's blasphemes. But Jesus, knowing their thoughts, says, Why do you think evil in your hearts? For which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven you, or to say, Arise and walk? But that you may know that the Son of God has power on earth to forgive sins. Then he said to the paralytic, and I love this. This is so dramatic. (laughs) I would have loved to have been here. Arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. And he arose and departed to his house. Now when the multitude saw it, they marveled and glorified God. 
which had given such power to men. But notice, Jesus saw their faith. The invisible thing that nobody could see was now made evident by the paralytic man being carried by his friends. There he is. The result of that faith of these men, here it is right in front of you. The result of the faith that was in his heart is lying right before you. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3, it says this, By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Now, when you look at these couple of verses that I just shared with you, I want you to look at a couple of things. And you can underline these in your Bible. In James chapter 2, verse 26, there's some things that were visible. In James chapter 2, verse 26, the body, that's something that is, you know, for as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. The body is something that is visible. You can see the body, it's physical. But what you can't see is the spirit. A spirit is invisible. You can't see that. And so the body is visible, the spirit is invisible, but then look what it says at the end of that verse. So faith, which is something that is invisible, without works, works is the tangible. The result of what you can't see is now becoming visible. So now faith, without works, is dead also. All I, all I wanted to do in this little table here is just to get your, to underline some of these words, and you can see that something that was invisible was prompting something in the visible that they could all see. And the same thing in Hebrews chapter 11. It says, by faith we understand that the worlds were framed, the things that we can see all around us. We can see the moon. If you're on the moon, you can look back at earth. Some people think the earth is still flat. <laughs> the earth is round. It's a circular thing. Isaiah even says that, but anyway. But you can see the worlds, the universe. We can see this. We can see the sun and the stars and Venus on some times of the day, Mars. We can see these things. They were framed. We see them. And what? By the word of God. Can we see the word of God right now? No, he is invisible to our eyes. We see him by faith. And then in Matthew chapter 9 that we just read, what was the invisible thing? The faith that nobody could see but Jesus could see but was now made demonstrable by these men's faith because here was the the bringing in of the paralytic on the bed, the very results of faith. Jesus in Matthew chapter 23, verse 1 through 5, he said this, Then Jesus spoke to the multitudes and to his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. Therefore, whatever they tell you to do, observe. That observe, I'm sorry, whatever they tell you to observe, that observe and do it. But do not do according to their works. They were the type to say, do as I say, but don't, you know, they would say, do as I say, when they themselves wouldn't do it. He says, but do not do according to their works, for they say, and they do not do. For they, are, they bind heavy burdens hard to bear and lay them upon men's shoulders. But they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers, but all of their works they do to be seen of men. So, make sure, let's all make sure, that everything we do, the foundation of everything we do, is based upon the saving faith. If you believe in Jesus this morning, you are saved eternally. No one can take that away from you. 
Just as we said in John chapter 10, nothing in heaven above or on earth beneath can pluck us out of his hand. Do you feel like you're hanging on by a thread even though you know that you, you believe and you, you, you trust in the Lord, but you feel like you're, Lord, I don't feel like I'm saved. Well, there may be times like that. Aren't you glad you're being upheld in times like that? And many of us go through that. Those real desperate moments when you're like, God, I don't even know if I'm one of yours. <laughs> I've made so many mistakes. I've messed up today so bad. I've done this and this and this, and Lord, you knew it before the foundation of the world. And he's like saying, I know that, and I also paid for those sins before the foundation of the world. I knew about it in advance, Rob, and I knew I was going to cover you. I knew you were going to come to me, and now just confess it and be restored in your relationship, your fellowship with me. And isn't that the sweet thing about uh, faith in Christ? Is that we can come to him often with all of our pains, with all of our sin, and we can say, Lord, forgive me. Would you forgive me? He's like, yeah, I am that good, the Lord says. No one else is that good. You don't see it in the world. Don't even try and look for it in the world. Even in believers, it's going to be inconsistent. My love, even in his people, in each of us, I will confess that my love, what God is doing in and through me, in and through me, his love, even the work of that, the working out of that is imperfect. And I think we can all say the same. But he's like, I love you. And I want to heal you. I want to set you free. I want to take your mind and your heart once again. Will you let God take your heart again? Let him take you. And don't let your works define who you are. Don't let your faith get lopsided. Let the very life of Jesus Christ work in and through you. And the works will be a demonstration of that truth. It will just come forth like river, living rivers of torrent water, of a torrent of water coming out. Isn't that what Jesus said? That's what it's going to be like. And so let's stand and let's pray. Lord Jesus, we do. Uh, we are challenged by this this morning, Father. We recognize that our faith. Lord, is Lord, I think of the man who stood before you when you were going to heal his son, and you said, this can be done to anyone who believes, to him who believes. And Lord, he responded back so honestly, Lord, I, I believe, but help my unbelief. And so, Father, I pray that you would give us, to each one of us, Lord, a, a greater gift of faith to trust you, Lord, to be tenacious in our holding to the faith of Christ that you give us, to be tenacious, to hold on to it, and to not let any fact, to not let anything in this life, in this world, and especially in the media, to shake us from that central faith. Lord, may it be like bedrock in our soul. May you strike that chord deep within us, Lord, and help us to never lose sight of you and to never give up one inch to never give up one inch but Lord to march on like the Christian soldier marching as to war with the cross of Jesus going on before Lord we look to you and we pray Jesus that everything that we do our works would all be a manifestation of that deep love that abiding faith that we have that you have given us 
And so, Lord, have, have your way with us today and encourage us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today. But please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of James. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office for ordering details. And that number again is 585-586-3140. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things, such as information concerning our beliefs, ministry and contact information, our location and service times, and much more. You can even download the radio or sanctuary messages in MP3 format, free of charge, from the resources link. You can also listen to these messages on your mobile device by going to Calvary Chapel of Rochester on Google Play or Apple Podcasts. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until this same time tomorrow, This has been Truth in Christ.